0: <laughs> Hello, and finally, welcome to the Social Recruiting Show. Thank you, thank you, thank you to you beautiful people who've been sitting over there in the side channel patiently waiting. Well, yes, those that work in tech might have been having issues, but it's our tech, not her tech. We hasten to add. <laughs> so, course, I don't know. It could be user error on my part. <laughs> no, I think it's us. So I'm Katrina Collier. I'm a social recruiting trainer and speaker, of course, and I'm joined by my gorgeous co-host, Audra Knight, who's an employer branding genius, Blabcat owning... Gorgeous hockey playing, just wonderful human being. At this point, I have no idea what I'm saying. Today, we <laughs> have, yes, finally, because everyone's excited for this show, Jennifer Newell on the show, who has this extraordinary big job title, Director, Global Employment Brand. Thank you so much for joining <laughs> us, kind of finally. <laughs> You're welcome. So
1: sorry, guys. No, no we got talk- there.
0: Hopefully you can hear me. It yep. actually happened before. Um, Pete Radloff had the same issue, everything worked on the tech check, and we couldn't get him on, he couldn't hear us. It was the weirdest thing ever. Yeah, it's always a little buggy, but generally it's good, but a little buggy. Yeah, so that's frustrating. Anyway, welcome.
2: (laughs) Yes, thank you. So Jennifer, will you tell us a little bit how you got to Dell? I know you've been there quite a while, but kind of what you did before and how you got into employer branding and like background, please.
1: Yeah, so I started my career in executive recruiting. I worked for an organization called Hydric and Struggles, um, so I was in more of the retained executive search early in my career. I was in the Dallas office and I couldn't wait to get out of Dallas and get to Austin. I'm originally from Central Texas. So this was during the whole startup boom and, and everything was really happening from a dot com you know, standpoint, if you guys remember. Uh-huh. And I wanted to be a part of that. I really wanted to be a part of technology. So I moved back to Austin. This was in 1999. So it's been almost 20 years, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I spent some time with some smaller technology startup companies. And then I joined Dell in 2003. So the bubble had burst at that point. So actually, when I joined Dell, it was probably not the best time in the history of the company. We had just started recruiting a lot more talent back to the company, but we didn't have the resources or the staff available yeah. to do it. I was leading a recruiting team insane the first month I was there my team which was myself three recruiters and one coordinator hired, hired almost 200 people in Holy one month hell yeah so it was like baptism by fire day. like welcome to Dell this place is crazy and that's recruiting too recruiting is very feast or famine I have a couple new people on my team that don't have a recruiting background they have more of a marketing or a brand background and I'm like they're like what's going on with this hiring ramp and I'm like oh, that happens in recruiting, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. All of a sudden it's like, we have 2,000 new salespeople we need to hire around the globe and we need to do it before Thanksgiving, hurry, yeah. right? So that's just that's common and I've explained that to my team. Um, so I joined in 2003, I led a recruiting team for about three years and then I wanted to do something different. I'd been mostly in recruiting at that point in my career. So I spent some time in learning and development, talent management. Then I spent some time in HR operations, which was actually... Awesome. Really, um, I got to really hone in on some project management skills, do some no. process improvement. And then I moved into the talent acquisition, COE, which is our global, what we call our center of excellence mm. in 2010. And that's where I've been ever since.
0: So they sound like quite a cool company in the respect of you can. Um... Sorry, Audra, I just read your comment right in the middle of trying to say something. It's like really bad. That's okay. I think you're okay. They're really cool for letting you grow and move Mm -hmm. around and that kind of thing.
1: Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I was just having a conversation with this gentleman here in Austin yesterday, and he was like, hey, you know, I'd like to get connected and get some advice from you on employment brand. He works for a smaller company, and they haven't really started to approach the employment brand topic. Um, So we were just kind of brainstorming and sharing some best practices. And it dawned on me that I've completely created my role, completely built this team. And he was asking me, like, how do you know what to focus on? And I was like, I tell my leadership what I'm doing. Like, they don't tell me what to do. I just say, these are the areas we need to focus on. This is where we need to grow. This is where we need to maybe pull back because it just doesn't make sense for us moving forward. And I, I had like a really good Dell moment because I was just like, wow, that's so cool that I've been given that autonomy and, and also that trust. You know, um, I, I now manage my own budget and I basically tell my leader, this is what we're doing um, in terms of, you know, resources and headcount, but also where we're going to spend our, our money. Because we do, we do have some money. We don't have a ton, but we have some money. Um, and he's just like, I trust you.
0: Yeah. Right? Awesome.
1: You know, go do what you need to do from, a, from an employment brand standpoint. Because
0: we didn't have any of this. Like, I, the reason that we suddenly do need employer brand is because the world's become, I keep saying it, transparent. So, when, yes, you know, I think I'm older than the two of you. When I started out, I went to this, the paper. And if you've been on the show before, you've heard me say it. You know, I went to the newspaper and there was a little job and I didn't know who applied and how many jobs there were or anything. What do I do now? Google. What can I see? All of these different options. Yeah. So you have to have that, but you're right. You didn't need it five years ago or 10 years ago. and But it does stun me that some companies are still so far behind.
1: <laughs> so yeah, I'm this is into. one way that sorry, Google in many ways have transformed our, our lives, right? You have so much information at your fingertips. And I think for an employment brand, whether you lead a team or whether you do it part time with all the other million things you do as a recruiter, you know, just really recognizing that it's not about what we want and mm. about the digital properties we create and where we think people need to go. And that's really where the conversation went with properties like Glassdoor and Fairy Godboss. Mm. Thankfully, there's no more convincing with my leadership team. It's like we had 265,000 people visit our Glassdoor page last month. Mm-hmm. You know, we need to respond to reviews. We need to engage on this property, whether we <laughs> we like it or not. Mm-hmm. It's that's the new world. That's digital yeah. transformation. So yeah. it definitely Google is not the the only thing that's changed us, but it's been a big a big part of this transformation. Mm. I think yeah. the,
0: the transparency. Sorry, Audra, go I'm going to try <laughs> and share this link. I'm scared I'm going to kill this thing if I do it. There. No, it should be fine. Um, I'd rather just leave it and everyone can watch the replay. (laughs) Um, How big is your team? I think I've heard about that at the
2: conference, but could you share with the audience about how big your team is?
1: Yeah, so when I moved into this new global um, talent acquisition COE group, it was just me. So I project managed a complete revamp of our global career site and a complete revamp of our global employee resource, or employee um, referral program which was a hot mess (laughs) back in 2010. Um, So I have been a loan shop pervert before. Um, We hired one person to do social media for North America. We quickly realized it was too U.S. and North America centric and focused. And we kept saying we're a global company and we're structured globally. So we said, well, we need somebody in India because India is a, a unique very large market for us. So we started to expand at that point. I now have seven direct reports. So there are five regional social media brand engagement leads, everything from engaging with the recruiters in their region, engaging with the employee resource groups, knowing what's going on from a corporate social responsibility standpoint, volunteerism, all the events, really getting deeply engaged within their region. Um, and then also social media, if there are brand requests, oh, we're going to this career event in Brazil and we need this property in Portuguese, right? There's so many requests and needs around the world. Then there is a global content lead on my team and she is overseeing all of the kind of global uh, properties and assets. So if we have video that we create, that's an evergreen video that we wanna showcase around the world, or if we have blogs. So she does quite a bit of blog um, content. And three years ago, our Direct to Dell blog didn't have anything about our people or our culture. So we're filling purposeful gaps. Um, And then she also manages the relationship with our in-house agency. So one of the things that's unique, I think, to Dell is we actually have a full in-house agency.
2: And um,
1: so we do all of our creative in-house. We don't work with a third party. And um, we, I can't hear you guys, but I'm gonna reload Um, the site. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm gonna reload and hopefully I can can hear you guys again, Um, So we have a full in-house agent. She manages the relationship with them as well. So uh, for example, if we have a, a request or need that's specific to Romania or Slovakia, rather than those individuals, kind of pouring into this in-house agency and requests coming from all over the world and there's no um quality control. Amy on my team manages that centrally for, for our team and, and for the organization. So um and then I have um a, basically a digital editor an online editor um she's oh, based out of so Panama cool. so again it's it's we're really spread out um yeah. not everybody is in the US and she supports all of our digital content. So we have our corporate career site, which is complicated and big. It's in 24 different languages. So she manages all the translation, redesign. We're going through a redesign right now, which I'm really excited about. Um, It's not a static property, right? You have to constantly manage the content and update and, and keep it fresh. And then if we need to change anything digitally on our intranet, a glass door, we have our life pages on LinkedIn. She helps us do all of that.
0: So and cool. it, and it's
1: actually a, a full-time job in our environment.
0: So can you hear us again now? I can. Oh, thank
1: goodness.
0: Yay. Yeah, so um, <laughs> KK has a question for you, which is awesome. Hello, Katrina. Nice to have you back. You haven't been for a while. Naughty girl. Um, so I'll <laughs> give you that question in a second. Uh, mm-hmm. So is there a source of data on going local with a global brand you recommend? Actually, I don't even understand that question. Is there a source yeah. of data on going local? Can we have that mobile. again in English? Because I don't know what you're talking about. You obviously need a coffee. <laughs> so now you've had the coffee. If you could come back. I don't know. What that means. Maybe she means like getting executive buy-in to hire people in local regions, you know, and kind of make it more. Well, actually, I was more like even going up a step. So three years ago, you said there was nothing on the blog about yeah. people. So, okay. How did you corporate. get the exec buy-in in the first place? Because you know what's funny? You guys I, have I been have really exec
1: buy-in. Oh, okay. <laughs> we just started doing right. it. Right. And yep. so what we would do is identify a gap and we would try something and maybe we would try it once mm, and then we sense. would see results. So, for example, LinkedIn is a really good example. Yeah. We have the company page. It's managed by marketing, our friends in marketing. Yeah, And we <laughs> approached them and said we would like content featuring our people, our culture, um, career progression, testimonials, things like that that we could include in the company updates, in in the company stream, Mm -hmm. because my team didn't have any access to it. We were originally told our followers aren't interested in that kind of content. Uh And I was like, I beg to differ. Let's just try a couple of pieces. Right, let's just try a couple of pieces. If it doesn't perform well, I'm out, right? And so it performed just as well, if not better. Mm. So a lot of times when you Mm -hmm. approach teams that you're trying to collaborate with and say, let's just try this once yeah, or let's just try this a couple of times. Let's look at the results, see what happens. That's usually pretty effective. And then that way you're not kind of trying to push your way into the room. You just look at the data and say...
0: I have this vision. This Jennifer, really well. Jennifer's put an update and then she's run around to every single person she knows in the company yeah. and all her friends. like you please those, like, like,
1: like, like, and I can, I I can, with the laptop that. in tow. <laughs> okay. I do that. And we're lucky because we have tools it. It like Salesforce me. chatter. Yeah. So we push our stuff out. Yeah. You know, we are pretty vocal. And then since then we've launched everyone's social, which yeah. is similar to like a Q social or, or a tool yeah. like that. Or I think dynamic signal is another one. Yeah. We get our content out there. We take it very seriously when it comes to our employees' voices in the marketplace. Mm. And that really drives up the engagement. That drives up the clicks, which, of course, we measure, you know, every piece of content. Mm. And our blogs have performed very well. Our content on LinkedIn at times performs just as well, if not better, than products and services content. So it's been a really good experience. Mm. Yeah. What's Ben saying? Yeah. He's making a good point that um, a lot of people use agencies for either
2: content or maybe EVP and stuff, and it could potentially be a lot harder for them to really know the culture. Mm. And he was saying it's so cool that you do it internally, and I completely agree. But it also
0: sounds like you do a limited budget as well, even though you're such a big company. Because I know know one of Ben's beefs is when it is all just handed out, and it's like they've got millions and millions and millions to throw at it. And it's like, you know, he loves to see it when it's actually – like cheaper, and a lot of this can be done that way, can't it? So,
1: Yeah, we've done a lot of A-B testing that I think has also proven some of these points. So just a good example, um, the person on my team that supports Latin America, that's a unique market. You're working in Portuguese, you're working in Spanish. I don't know Portuguese, I don't have Spanish. So she has a, a small network of recruiters that, you know, 10% of their time, They help gather imagery and content in the local language. Um, She obviously knows Spanish, but she doesn't know Portuguese. So there was an example of a a testimonial of an employee in Brazil, and it was part of our Women at Dell. So that's one of the hashtags we use, um, Women at Dell campaign. And it was a woman with a a picture of her with her baby, really cute, Mm -hmm. and a quote about how she supported being a working mom at Dell. And we posted it globally We didn't do any targeting in English. Mm. And then the next week she posted it in Portuguese. All she did was target to people in Brazil, right? So obviously Mm -hmm. the target's smaller, but we had about twice as many engagements. So that's sort of the argument around Mm. having a network globally, working within local language. We didn't put any money behind either of those posts. Mm. They both performed well. But the mm-hmm. post in um, targeting people in Brazil and Portuguese performed significantly better. Mm. Interesting, yep. isn't it? I love your use yes. of hashtag. It's so it's so simple, just
0: mm-hmm. put together yeah. content, isn't it? And everyone gets so excited seeing their stuff shared. So, and
1: got- then it How helps you track fun? as well.
0: <laughs> yep.
1: How much content do you do? That's um video, or is it more blogs and um, pictures? We do a lot of video. And we, we kind of cover the whole spectrum. So some of our video is evergreen, it's polished, we use a third party vendor, so we do do that. But we do a lot of what we call social videos. Um, so we'll use, you know, just a, a somebody's cell phone and we'll grab someone and say, hey, this is a nice background. We're gonna ask you these three questions, 30 seconds or less, and we'll, we'll capture them. If you go to our YouTube channel, you'll see a lot of examples of this. You'll see the authentic, best-in-time videos. Some of them are in Chinese and Japanese, right? You know, I couldn't do that from the U.S. So my counterpart in Taiwan manages all of that. And then some of them are really slick and really nice and high-quality videos. So we try to just have a mix um, awesome. as best we can, but we find the really short uh, just-in-time videos work really well. Mm. We have an event, it's annual at Dell, it's called our Unconference, our Social Unconference. And I could explain what we mean by Unconference, but in, in short, it means we don't have a set agenda. Yeah. So everybody How comes together- How do you together. cope
0: with that, having seen your DISC profile? Mm-hmm. <laughs> How do you cope with that, having seen your DISC profile, having sat in that New room agenda. with you?
1: I know, I know. It's, rare, it's rare to go to a place yeah. and not know what the agenda is that yeah. day. And our social media communities team that sits in marketing, they're really good at it. Yeah. And so my team and I attend these events when we can. And so they approached us and said, yeah. we're going to have 300 people at this event. Um, it's all of our really super social employees that are in the in the right. central Texas area where corporate headquarters are. What do you guys want to do? So they came to us, which yeah. is really cool. We're like, well, let's have a couple of people do an Instagram takeover of the event. Yeah. Right. I mm. don't have to do the takeover. I don't take over my team's own account. We grab a couple of people that are participating and have them take over and just, you know, a day in the life of being social at Dell. Mm. Right. And then they said, well, what else? That's great. What else do you want to do? And we're like, well, there's we're going to have access to 300 employees that can mm. talk about how Dell helps them brand themselves on oh. LinkedIn, Twitter, and social media. Let's grab some people and do some just-in-time videos, right? Mm. And, and so that's going to be part of the, the plan of what my team and I contribute to the event, but we're not putting the event on. Yeah, We're, we're just attendees, right? So they approached us and said, what do you want to do? So that's really cool. Very
0: cool. That floats quite well into KK's question over here. She loves throwing curveballs. So she, she's going a little bit against the internal agency idea. So I find that a lot of internal groups can almost be too in capital letters, close, that they assume they know the right stories. And they're right sometimes, yep. it's not a data-driven approach.
1: Mm. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, we educate them. So it's not a, here's what you get, and thank you very much. First of all, they're on retainer. Yep. And I remind them that, right? Yep. I'm treating you just like I would re- an external agency oh, wow. so hopefully oh, cool. that's pretty clear yeah. um, so I am paying them I would say I'm paying them over a course of a year much much less than I would be paying an external agency but if yeah. we have a, a new idea and a concept needs to be created they will present us two to three concepts just like an external agency and we'll have a feedback session and provide them feedback are we beholden to our overarching brand guidelines? You, yes. That one. And, <laughs> we. we don't want to look right? like a different company in a company, yeah. um, but do we push the envelope on some of the guidelines? Absolutely. I'll give you a real world uh, example. So when we integrated with EMC and launched last September, we had a whole new brand look and feel. And I won't go into the details around it because it's a lot. But we had a whole—you know—we changed our color palette, we changed our logos, we started talking about Dell EMC, we started talking about our partners like RSA and VertisStream. So the world got very complicated for me and my team. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one of the brand elements they used was sort of like a an overlay on images that was had a golden hue. And if you go to DellTechnologies.com, you'll see it, and it's really lovely, and and I like it. A gold overlay does not work well on people that are smiling. Mm. It makes their teeth look yellow, ah. right? So we pushed back on the brand team and said, we're using this picture of a real employee with a yeah. quote, and we're using the gold overlay. And they came back to us and said, god, my teeth don't look good. So there's a practicality standpoint yeah. that we have to push back on them. So we use the overlay when it looks good and it makes sense. But we have the freedom to not use it anymore. So yes. it's just stuff like that, where they didn't even think about it. When we gave them the feedback, they said, "Oh wow, we hadn't thought about that before." But you're right; mm. that doesn't make sense, right? We want our employees to feel comfortable with their photos mm. being posted all over social media. So there's things like that where I find like we educate them.
0: Mm. Yeah. And it's always mm. the freeze frame from the video where your teeth look yellow that ends up stuck on Google Image Search. It's not good <laughs> forever. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. So what's Katrina written here? I'm a bit biased considering I'm witnessing the research first. Sorry, I'm witnessing the research first approach to E B right now. We do 30 hours of interviews before we start any E B project. It's fascinating. I find myself falling in love with my clients because we're doing so much investigation before. But I guess you started from scratch though, haven't you?
1: Oh, is your son getting a bit agitated next next to you there, Audra? (laughs) Do you know Audra's? Yeah, we we didn't have anything. Yeah. I was given an outdated career site mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that wasn't on brand that hadn't that been be touched for years. Yeah. We didn't have a real presence on Glassdoor. We didn't have content on our company LinkedIn page. Mm. Um, we didn't have SEO. So we partner with TMP for our Talent Brew site. So we rolled yeah. that out in 2011. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like somebody handed me something. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to take the credit for all their hard work. Um, it was just like, we don't really know what we need to know to do, but we know that it's not working, and we yeah. need to fix these yeah. things. Yeah. Yeah. So it was just pr- pretty much baptism by fire. <laughs> yeah. Mm. <laughs> Which is funny. how did you um,
2: how did you like kind of first start partnering with marketing or kind of get the in so that they trusted you and then you could. Yeah, no, that's
1: a great question. When I joined the team, my boss, I remember, you know, kind of pulled me into a phone call and was like, by the way, our relationship with marketing right now is really bad. I know. I was like, great.
2: That's awesome.
1: Yay. I, I treaded very lightly, and I started having conversations with them around, you know, educating them. On what we were trying to accomplish. But I think a really good approach is to say, what is your objective? Mm. Oh, okay, because we have the same objective. Yeah. So this is great. If we come together, instead of having four people on your team and two on mine, now we've got five people. Mm. Right. So let's talk about how we can, you know, have these common goals and what are the things that we can do from a collaborative standpoint. Mm. So I think that's always a good approach as opposed to going into a room and saying, these are the things we need to get done, and we need mm-hmm. you to support us. That, yeah. that just doesn't seem very effective. I'm very fortunate that at Dell, our marketing team was already very savvy to the employee voice. So when I talk about you know, engaging with our employees to help us tell our story, mm-hmm. they were like, we love it. This is fantastic. Let's do more of this. And that's very much from our founder and our CEO, because he's always been very active on Twitter and he's an influencer on LinkedIn. So I think the executive, the most senior level executives are the ones that set the stage. Mm -hmm. And then the employees just kind of run with it. It's like Michael Dell wants us to be social and talk about these things in the marketplace. And he's retweeting my team's content that's you know, cool. so it's important to him, and everybody's like, "Yep, this is part of the overall conversation." So I've been very fortunate in that regard. It's quite amazing when
0: you think about it, because there are still companies I come up against where it's like, "I don't want my staff on social media. I don't want it." And here's this mm. man who is forward-thinking enough to mm-hmm. to do that. So, have you got any advice for people who haven't got that and how they? Like, yeah, it. you awesome. I guess you're lucky you might not be able to give any.
1: Advice.
0: I know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <feels so>
1: <laughs> Um, I think that companies that don't have that, you can talk to the companies that do. Mm. And then when you're getting in front of your leaders, just showcase them. Oh, of course. So You're more than okay. welcome to take a screenshot of Michael Dell's, you know, retweet okay. of, of our content or just his tweets mm. with his emojis. <laughs> he, he uses mm-hmm. his emojis, right? So it's cool. all authentic. He doesn't have somebody write it for him. And you could say, this is some... You know some of the things that some other leaders are doing. The leader of Zillow, yeah, mm-hmm. Spencer Pratt. I believe what's his last name? His is Spencer Pratt from that show, <laughs> oh horrible so It's Spencer something. Hey, 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 Hi, Hi, <laughs> you know we're talking about, but yeah. he's the he's the CEO of Zillow, and I remember in all of the Glassdoor conversations, Glassdoor would point to them and say yeah. the CEO of Zillow is actually responding Zillow shout out. Yay. (laughs) Um, you know, he's doing this so other CEOs can do this too. Um, I would love to have Michael respond to a Glassdoor review. Um, yeah, he tweets about it every Friday. That's, that's awesome. So I think if you showcase, Other organizations and screenshot and Mm. talk to the EB person at that company or talk to the recruiting leader at that company and say, you know, how are you engaging with your leaders? What are some tips that you have for us? And sharing that with your leaders and saying, these other people are doing this. I'm having FOMO. You should too, Mm -hmm. right? I think that's probably
0: pretty effective. It tells you so much about the company. So I love Reward Gateway, and I'm about to use them in one of my speaking engagements as an example of how he answered, the CEO answered a review. And he was, like, so humble with it. But also really, really factual, like I started laughing because it was a really negative review, which is surprising, having spent a lot of time at that company. I can't believe it. Those those are the worst. Yeah, yeah, but he handled it so well. And then he's like, well, as far as the leadership not listening, have you met my, like, have you met Deborah and have you met the other person? You stand up and argue with me that the sky is green? Like, come on. (laughs) you know." And it was like, this is so true, knowing those two characters, they absolutely would argue with him. So, But it was just handled so well and so genuinely. And Mm -hmm. I just think it's really cool. As well. How do you handle um, negative reviews? Do you guys have a like a policy or, or who handles them, too?
1: Um, I do. And p- my direct reports. So part of the role of the regional social media brand engagement leads that I was describing before is to respond to reviews in their region on Glassdoor. Mm-hmm. And so we usually check about every month. I was actually on the North America reviews on Monday and responding to reviews. Uh-huh we respond to positive, neutral, as well as negative? If hey. it is a rant, and I would describe a rant as not just negative, but poorly written, yeah. nonsensical, emotion. you're kind of wondering what's going on in this person's personal life when they wrote this. I tend not to respond to those uh. because they're, it's so challenging that you're reading it and saying, what is this person even saying. Yeah. I don't know what's going on with them. But if it's a negative review that says something where I can say, you know, this is something we're working on, or yeah. you're right, this is a problem. Mm-hmm. I always thank the person, whether it's negative or positive, for the review. I thank them for the time that they took to share the feedback. I remind them that this is important to us uh. and that we value and embrace transparency. And that the only way uh. to improve and get better is to hear feedback. Yeah. Right. I mean, let's think about it, right? This is a this is actually a really good avenue for us and channel for us to drive conversation back with the HR leadership team, which thankfully our chief HR officer mm. loves Glassdoor. Mm. He thinks it's great. Mm. Um, nice. I've gone to his staff meeting and I've presented here's gaps with our sentiment. Here's things that you all as the senior leaders in HR need to be mindful of. And here's where we're really performing well, Yeah. right? So keep driving this conversation around these topics. But here's feedback we keep hearing. And we've seen change over long periods of time when we have these conversations. But it's not like you read one bad review and then you go and change something the next day. Yeah, it's really interesting. That doesn't make sense. No, it's really interesting
0: you say that because um, there's a quote gone on down the side here, only extremists make reviews. Well, yes, that might be the case. However, if you are getting many of those and there is a resonating theme through them, then it is exactly like you say, you go and make changes. But on top of that, people don't care. The people looking at the reviews aren't going, Mm -hmm. these are extremists. I read all the reviews on Amazon before I buy anything. I look at the reviews on hotels before I book a hotel. So why wouldn't I look at what's being said about Dell before I make a decision? So me is person changing company isn't thinking, oh, only people
1: in a bad mood have written this.
0: You're not thinking yeah. that at all. You're yeah, going, oh, and, and that's
1: actually not true. So. so if you are a fan of the talent board, they have some really good data mm-hmm. that demonstrates candidates that have a good experience actually share their good experience more than people mm-hmm. that have a negative experience. Um, people that have a negative experience like to share it. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But we have... Promoters as well as detractors on our Glassdoor page. And then we have a lot of neutral and middle ground. Uh So I've had a lot of people say, oh, people just go to Glassdoor to complain. I've read thousands of reviews on our Glassdoor site. And I've read the good, the bad, and Uh the ugly. And it's really all over the map. And I think that other than the ranters, right? You read a rant, you go, This person is crazy. That doesn't happen very often, but it happens. But overall, I think yeah. that actually the yeah. sentiment's pretty hectic, that glass door page. Yeah. Our mm-hmm. ratings at 3.6. We're not a 4.0 or higher. There's things if we're working were on. Five, I and 18 months ago, work. it was a 3.2. Yeah. Right. so we're making progress. right and yeah. if it was a five I wouldn't believe it
0: anyway um uh, clearly I'm having having a go out by the side down the side here which is awesome hung thanks for being here loving it love you work <laughs> next time I see you I won't be buying you a beer but I you know you have uh-huh. pressed anonymous feedback I mean I disagree I think you can take it as part of your research on what you're doing it's all about like looking everywhere, but not just looking at Glassdoor, like where else is there to look? Are you ignoring yeah. people making comments mm-hmm. on LinkedIn? I see that all the time. Are you ignoring stuff going on oh, on yeah. Facebook? You know, like how are you treating your people is clear across a whole range of stuff. And
1: I just think. Yeah. yeah, it's a reflection. I mean, I tell people all the time, the external brand is like looking in a mirror. It's a reflection oh. of how your employees feel. And if people are leaving nasty, snarky comments on LinkedIn, which I've seen, as a matter yeah. of fact, some of the, rudest comments on LinkedIn. That—that That, that really? is my opinion. I'm putting it out there. But I've just yeah. seen some really grouchy people yeah, on LinkedIn. Yeah, yeah. Um, sometimes LinkedIn makes me more uncomfortable than Glassdoor, yeah. um, to be completely honest. But I do believe in transparency. Mm. I think it works. And I don't think it's going away. Yeah. And I think empowering candidates to make the right decisions are the best decision for themselves yeah is There's
0: good of, for us. Stuff I was sort of meaning as well though is where you see someone's like, put. okay, we've got this fantastic new job We're working with Jennifer at Dell here and somebody goes, hey, talk to Audra and no one acknowledges that someone has taken the time to refer it to someone like right there on your page and that gets acknowledged. Stuff like that winds me up as well more than even just the reviews which is clearly causing some yeah, passion yeah. down the side here. I'm glad we've got Yeah, What's going
1: on? I know. I, I love <laughs> it. Um, it's, it's just intense. one comment about kind of the negative reviews and making change in the company. So yeah. before we really embraced Glassdoor, we had our annual company survey. We've yeah. had it since 1991 at Dell. Yeah. So we have embraced feedback from our employees for a long time. Our employees were extraordinarily unhappy with uh, work flexibility. Yep. Yeah. This is 2007, 2008. A lot of people were saying, I'm really struggling as a working parent. This was come from both you know, women and men. Mm. So we we realized with the digital transformation, the workplace transformation, the ability mm. to treat work as an activity and not a destination, we decided that with all this feedback, we were gonna make a change. And this mm. is years ago yes. and it's not an overnight change, but that's now our top rated mm. I- item on both Glassdoor as well as our yes. uh, survey mm. years later. And we have something called the legacy of good. And in 2012, we released a number of goals that Mm -hmm. we were going to achieve by the year 2020. And Michael Dell's blessed this, and we revisit it every single year. So it's not like here's our goals and then we forget about them. Mm. And one of those goals was we're going to have 50% of our employees working in a connected and flexible arrangement. That doesn't mean work from home full time. Yeah. Right? That's different. Mm -hmm. Work from home full time does not work for everybody. It means creating an environment where people can have a dynamic work environment that works for their job and their team. Yep. And, and it's working. There's a proof point, but right. it's been nine, 10 years, right? This isn't yep. an overnight change. And that's what I like to tell people all the time. You get feedback, you make changes at a 140,000 person company mm. with people in you know 65 countries around the world. Mm. It takes years. And so that's the the patience factor that I think yeah. uh, comes into play when you talk about brand and employment brand specifically. The other thing, right. of
0: course, with reviews is, you know, I've had the annual survey come and I could write a really good response one day and a really bad response the next day yeah. in my mood. But also I tended to think I will get fired if I answer this honestly, so I won't Whereas the joy of having yep. a site like Glassdoor, and can we also say Indeed, because actually there's a very good point going on here that Indeed reviews do tend to be a bit more balanced. But there are a lot of other sites, of course, out there. Tons more sites mm-hmm. where people can write
1: reviews. Um, so all of them. So you, you can be a lot more honest. Yeah, we've had that exact conversation. So it's it's great that you bring that up. People feel like there's a little bit of a silver lining around our Telltale results, Yeah, and that's why they're like, we like to comparison and, and benchmark yeah. against sites like Glassdoor, yeah. um, even though yeah. it's anonymous and a third party manages our internal survey. There are people that are like, "I just want to give oh, good feedback. I don't want to get in mm-hmm. trouble. I don't trust the system." That exists in every company, yeah. and and we realize that. You know, we're not Pollyanna. Uh, you uh. know, so we we like to embrace those third parties. And indeed, I think I saw indeed uh, show yeah. up. We see yeah. slightly different responses on indeed, but for the most part, it's pretty similar to what we see on Glassdoor. We know indeed, what in days more, more interviews, isn't it? Than employees? um indeed has company reviews and ratings. yeah, and I don't know that a lot of companies that indeed looking no. at their ratings. it's because their their analytics on the back end are not very friendly. um yeah is actually part of a beta right now yeah. for some enhanced analytics on their back end i just gave them a bunch of feedback <laughs> on things that i think work or don't work yeah. um they're That's nowhere cool. near where Glassdoor is in terms of you know filtering oh. by functional type Ooh. or location but oh. they, they have this and there's actually probably more reviews than you might think yeah um, we have about almost ten really? thousand we yep. have about 5,000 on Indeed, which is still
0: mm.
1: a lot of feedback, you know? Yeah. And so we've told Indeed, you're sitting kind of on a goldmine here, right? I shouldn't tell yeah. them that. But um, there's, a, there's, a, lot of
0: there's the a lot of
1: content here. <laughs> yeah. um, what are you going to do about it? How are you yeah. going to make this more readily available for your your clients?
0: Yeah,
1: that's fair. Yeah. It's a very mm. interesting Google takeover
0: conversation going to the side mm. <laughs> as well. Um, but what's Katrina written? Um, point. Who, he, he even believes the stats about how many people make decisions with company reviews. I don't. It's going to be, it,
2: yeah. I mean, it depends on the audience they're polling. It's, who knows? I mean, I do think people read them, but do they actually say yes or no because
0: they've read them? Well, I've heard they're of saying. candidates coming with Glassdoor reviews and slapping them down during the interview and saying, what is this? So, yeah, again, that's, we've got to go back to that side. We've got our healthy recruiters mm-hmm. or employer branding hats on, kind of thinking skepticism. But I know that
1: they use the candidates use the salary information. Yeah, mm, which can be, that's can be scraped, kind it? of. And terrific. it's challenging. And our global comp and bend leader is aware of the salary data on Glassdoor. He has some reservations around. The accuracy and the quality of the data. Yeah. But he's like, I'm open to people sharing their salaries, right? He's like, it is what it is. It's not going to go away. But sort of the way it's presented to people, I don't know if you've mm. set up your own profile and Glassdoor where they've given you the emails that say you're below market. <sighs> you know, um, I, I don't know how accurate that really yeah. is, and who they're benchmarking me against. Mm. So we'll see where the salary data on Glassdoor goes. job scrapping. Well, apparently, according to
0: uh, Ben and uh, Jim, it'll be Google takeover. Oh, my goodness. Oh, what's going on over here? Audra, help. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, the salary info is dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. Mark's written, I remember a VP candidate. Hi, Mark. Didn't even know you were here. You've been very quiet today. Um, I remember a VP candidate printing out all the bad Glassdoor reviews and asking for clarifications on all of them in a final interview. I would tell him he was high maintenance and hit the road. I guess yeah. a few, like Why? a few of the important
1: things. Sure, but all of them seems a bit dramatic. I don't. So, Jim, to answer your question, my understanding, um, the salary data is gathered from the members of Glassdoor uh, in an anonymous fashion. There is a way for companies to get a, uh, basically an Excel spreadsheet which has all of the salary data that's been provided and for the company to actually provide what they think is more accurate data and they could do it by location and by title and like functional area. We have discussed this at Dell, um, but we have not decided to take that Mm. leap at this point in time because it's a pretty big commitment and we participate in other salary surveys with other third parties and we've just decided we don't know that we wanna do that with Glassdoor, Mm. but there is an opportunity for employees to actually provide input and Glassdoor said, if you provide input, we will adjust um, what the salaries are showing on Glassdoor. So it's available. Wow. If you have cool.
2: <laughs> um, I have one last random question. Uh, have you made any really like big employer brand mistakes that you learned from, or just seen other companies, if you can't think of it off the top of your head, where you're just like a massive mistake that you went, oh, and you
1: learned from it? Yeah, I mean, the good news is that I'm a part of a company, and I say this with all honesty, that embraces mistakes. Right. We're not going to get smarter. We're not going to get better unless we try things. And that's why we encourage things like A, B testing. Nobody's going to die. I tell people all the time, like we're not in the ER. Right. So calm yeah. down. If you make a mistake or there's you know, we've taken posts down very rarely, but we've had a post that just went south and we take it down. We're like, what went south about this? What were people? I'll give you an example. Um, I have a new person on my team in India and she had interviewed our senior director for recruiting for all of India. Um, awesome person. She has a great background. She used to be in the Air Force in India. That's where she met her husband. He was in the Air Force. And now he's a pilot. And she's very proud of her boys. She has you know, two sons. And the way the post was written was she's a wife and a mother, which is a wonderful thing, right? Mm-hmm. But there were people that started saying, why are they talking about our husband and kids? Why aren't they talking about her and her career? Oh, yeah. So we learned something from that. Did it destroy our brand in India? No, it didn't. Mm. Right. Took the post down. We had yeah. a conversation. I actually talked much. to the Indian leader about this yesterday morning. Mm. Um, and we just get smarter. The one thing mm. where we've kind of repeatedly made mistakes and we keep making it is how we create content in the US and then we try to globalize it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we have a new internal tagline um, Mm -hmm. that we're rolling out. And I think I can share this, but it's called You Thrive, We Thrive, right? So you thrive as an employee, we thrive as an organization. It's real subtle, it's real simple. (laughs) And one of the leaders in Europe, I was presenting this to um, the global HR leadership team, said, well, you know, if you try to translate thrive into German, it doesn't work, mm. and I and I said, "Well, I want to remind you, we don't do direct translations. We transcreate. We take the spirit of the meaning, and then we translate." And that was me kind of bsing a little bit, to be completely honest. But it's a good point. You create yeah. content that sounds really cool and dynamic and savvy in English. It's just not going to work in every marketplace. Mm-hmm. And, and the idea is, you should transcreate. You should yes. prewire all of these people in these locations, which is a ton of work, mm-hmm. and say, how, how does the word thrive work in right. German? What is a word that the spirit in German that you would use mm. that would work for you and your team? Yeah. And, and that's very specific to a global environment, but we've kind of stumbled on this time and time again.
0: Yeah, um, And
1: mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know why I'm surprised when it happens. So that's just a, a, a learning lesson for us. I, I think know. it's brilliant because so many
0: companies run their marketing out of the U.S. And, you know, we sit here in Europe going,
1: Merry
0: mmm, Christmas, Happy Holidays, one example. You know, and you're like, mm, so thank you, thank you, for personally, thank yeah. you. <laughs> so we're out of time. Oh, my God. Because mm. we obviously lost some time.
2: Sorry. <laughs> I
1: don't yeah. know no, there. and I'm sorry no. about the beginning, guys. I'm doing live tests. And I've been trying time. to read some of the comments, and they've all been really awesome. So Yeah, they're amazing. as to go back.
0: Really, really buzzy week this week, which is really cool.
1: So yeah. next week, Katrina Kibben is on
0: in the hot Yay. seat. So we, I suggest coming back, Jennifer, and giving a payback with those curly questions she's been running there. So <laughs> the <laughs> comment, spit, where it all happens. So at same time next week, um, we will do a live test on the tech beforehand. That's the first – well, no, it's not the second time, actually, um, that that's happened. So sorry yeah. about that. Yeah, well.
1: it but all yeah. worked out.
0: It did, yes, we got you there it. because of some creativity, some trans-creativity. Yes.
1: Cross mm-hmm. on the phone, yes. and on my laptop. I know, climb you know, Make it work.
0: Awesome. Make, make it, it work for our daily show. I think we could actually sit here and talk for four hours, which is quite worrying. Yeah. <laughs> are, we, are we gonna see you at SRSC in
1: January? Oh, yeah. I'm 50-50.
0: Oh, just- Because I have
1: another event like right around the corner. I wanna go. Well, Audra and I yeah. there, that's reason
0: enough no i okay. love that it was event. worth the try anyway on <laughs> <that> note, <laughs> have a great weekend guys and thank you again for being so patient Bye. yeah thanks everyone thank you jennifer bye thank you guys bye.